Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, her parents say she killed her baby brother when she was two years old. Can she prove after all these years she wasn't responsible? We'll talk about the podcast, Burden of Guilt. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Lumberjack Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. I'm wearing a whole brand new buffalo plaid shirt that I wasn't wearing the last time we recorded. Yes, you were. Yeah, okay, sorry. (laughs) Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of the Piper Green series of cozy mysteries, Laura Bricker. Hello, Laura. Hey, Rebecca. And finally, our resident Doubting Thomas, author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of Strange Arrivals, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hi, Toby. Hello, Rebecca. So, Kevin, this is obviously Thursday's program. It is. What is coming up on Monday's show? So on Monday, we're going to be watching something. It is the uh, Peacock TV adaptation of the podcast, Dr. Death. So it is season two of Peacock's Dr. Death, which follows season three of the podcast, Dr. Death. Okay. But it's not season four, which is a podcast, but we can't get that yet. So there's a lot of death and doctors and stuff. Okay. So is this like on Hulu, Peacock, all those places? He said it's on Peacock. All right. Not Hulu, though. I don't think so. I think stuff on Peacock is also on I Hulu. I think it depends. Well, it depends on like how you set up your individual subscriptions. Yeah, it's all different. But let's not fuck with it. Okay. Yeah. It's Peacock. Okay. All okay. right. Well, however you watch that shit, that's how you get it. Yeah, it's sort Dr. of like Death, season two. things that are on Paramount Plus, you can get them everywhere. Yes. I can't get them everywhere. I can. Whenever something's on Paramount Plus, it's like everywhere. It's like on Hulu and whatever. I it's- couldn't find the Yellowstone anywhere but Paramount Plus. Huh. Why would you huh. want that, though? Well, all these these companies <laughs> are, they're mixing their subscription services. They're even like getting together as rivals and bundling. Yes. So that you can get, like, I don't know, both Prime and Hulu for a low price because they're basically bundling streaming services the way they were bundling cable premium channels, yeah. right? So I don't know, but it just all I know is I'm just glad there's uh, stuff for us to talk about. 
Well, I, now I know what I have to debate with Laura Bricker next time I go out for a drink. What's that? My Kevin Costner thesis. Oh, well, come on, just spill it. <laughs> America wants to know. Give them your hot take. Okay. Here's my Kevin Costner thesis. Nothing has ever been made better by the presence of Kevin Costner being in it. <gasps> That's right. It's at no! Rebel Avoy. Nothing. Nothing has been enhanced by Kevin Not Costner. Not Durham? No, that was a Susan Sarandon movie, you idiot. Nothing was enhanced by Kevin Costner's presence. <laughs> Dances ever. with Wolves? Ew, Dances with Wolves is a horrible white a savior movie. Katanka movie? When he came to Exeter, I tried to break backstage to go see him. Oh. I got caught. Oh. It was, it was, did you die of boredom? That show was not made better by. No, <laughs> I did not. Did you know he's in a band? I read that when I was reading about his little relationship with Jewel, that they bonded over their music because Kevin Costner's in a band. I guarantee that band is not, <laughs> not better. Kevin Bacon? Because Kevin Costner's in it. I'm sure the band is not any better. <laughs> like, okay, we got to pitch all the vocals down. <laughs> Two keys because Costner wants to do it. Costner wants to use his Yellowstone voice. Slow the tempo down. He wants to take the soul. But, you know, he's got little fingers of concrete. <laughs> anyway, we can argue about it over our next yeah, cocktail. Right, that right. sounds good. I think that women love Kevin Costner because they actually think they could get him because he's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> he's obtainable. He's totally obtainable. What do you have to use to know voice like oh, this? Oh, God. Do you know why his voice is like that on Yellowstone? I do. Laura, do you know? No. Because he's a dipshit? Because he hasn't had any... Th- Vocal issues like I had, he actually just decided that's how the character should <laughs> He just thinks it sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm that, sorry, Laura. He's okay. Batman. I'm it's sure okay. I have crushes on some people that are super lame, too. I'm sure I do. Actually, I'm 100% sure I do. Yeah, but one last thing. Do you want to share with folks? Because we were talking about how it was our anniversary. Yeah. And I'm kind of proud of the gift that I gave you. Yeah. Do you want to tell America what I so gave you? So you don't like the gift I gave you? Rebecca got me a very nice pair of uh, boots, dress boots. They're, what are they? They're not dress boots. They're casual, casual boots. Casual boots from- Blundstone. Blundstone. That's yes. it. Yes. The official boot of the Northeast. Uh, yes. Uh, Kevin got me a light bright toy. Ooh. Oh. Because, and he got me a Disney themed one, but he got me a light bright toy because I told him that among the toys I had as a child, which were very few- was a hand-me-down light bright from my sisters with all the papers that were all completely used already. So, oh, no. <laughs> so it was a useless <laughs> fucking light bright with half the pegs missing and all the papers completely used. So I never got to experience the light bright experience. And I have to say, it is satisfying as hell to do a light bright. <laughs> it's like popping bubble wrap and making a pretty picture at the same time. It is great. Don't travel with it. <laughs> Jake, Jake, had, Jake had a light bright and he was traveling with Deborah and uh, they like pulled them aside and were like, what is this? You know, that going through TSA. And then what once they this? got, they finally got cleared and they got into the terminal and there was like, are there no restaurants in the terminal? We need to get something to eat. And they're like, no, you got to go back into the main place. So Deborah's like, all right. So she was going to go back and they stopped her and they said, oh, you don't want to do that. And they like showed her this thing on the on her boarding pass, and this was uh, during the Bush era, and she was on a list. So oh, every it time like she, she had shrapnel in her bag, no, because she uh, she was working for a peace organization, and they ah. had her on the list of uh, at TSA. So like, if you go through that, we're just gonna have to go through this whole business again. <laughs> You're like, All right, I guess guess we're having Snickers. <laughs> wow, wow. So 
Okay, my takeaway here of Kevin Rebecca. Rebecca is getting to relive all the things in her childhood this last six months that she hasn't been able to. Barbie, light bright. Yeah. And Kevin, there is definitely a footwear theme. So I don't know what was going on before he got the sneakers from Payne and the boots from you, Rebecca. But I feel like Kevin, between that and the flannels, is kind of like a new person right now. Yeah. It's it's a spiffiness upgrade. Yeah. He's getting kind of like made over with his like attire. Yeah. All of Kevin's clothes were super shit. And he's finally decided he's worth having nice things. Mm-hmm. Good job, Kevin. It's a self-esteem situation. Right. I like it. Yeah. I'm feeling good about myself. Yeah. And to be fair, he actually did like his old sneakers, but Payne thought they were garbage. Yeah. Mm. I'm I'm rocking the vans. These these are some new these They're are the some vans, new yeah. those are the sneakers that Will has. Those are the ones he always gets. They're good for skateboarding. Damn, Daniel. <laughs> that's an old that's a deep cut. Is it how deep is it? That was from that was from Vine. It's from Vine. That was a Vine. That was fun. Man, that was deep. All right. The Youngs are going to have to look that one up. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. I think it's time to talk about what we're going to talk about if we stalled enough. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get to this? <laughs> yes. It's one of those Did you ever episodes. bring a Mr. Potato Head through TSA? <laughs> no. You're like, what are all these arms? I'm tempted All these to eyeballs. Though. What kind of monster are you? <laughs> Toby has to bring his breathing thing through the TSA. Oh, they're <laughs> so used to that shit. I'm like, that's my white noise machine that you're checking right now. Yeah. <laughs> my human white noise machine. All right. I think it's time. All right. Guys. Let's do this thing. And listeners, it's going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> Leading off. So when I was growing up, I was always told that Matthew died of crib death, that he slipped between the bars and fell on the floor. I had this idea of what I thought I knew. As a child, Tracy Raquel Byrne's father would beat her if she asked about the 1971 death of her baby brother, Matthew. Her parents would later tell her what they told police, that the two-year-old girl threw the infant from his crib. I called my grandmother first, and I asked her, do you know this? Did you know that it says this? What is this? And she said, very matter-of-fact, not in a cruel way. Honey, yes, we know this. We've always known that. After years of living with the guilt, Tracy Raquel came to question the details of the accident and whether her abusive father, Jan Barry Sandlin, may have killed the baby and blamed it on her. She set off on a four-decade-long journey to learn the truth and get justice for Matthew. Did you want to believe that it was possible that he could have done this to your child? Did you want to believe that then? No, this was a person that I loved since I was 12 years old. I thought he was the love of my life. From Glass Podcast comes Burden of Guilt. Host Nancy Glass interviews Tracy Raquel about her efforts to clear her name and hold Matthew's killer responsible. Did a toddler really kill a baby or was she scapegoated to hide someone else's fatal act of violence? Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Burden of Guilt. So if you want to remain spoiler free... Go to the estimated time code in our show notes for our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. So, Laura, this podcast had very much like a TV true crime vibe to it, right? Yeah, I felt like just the delivery and the writing, it was like inside edition or something is like how I kind of thought. Like it was just like this over the top cheese factor right down to the writing and the descriptions and the way that the story was delivered. I mean, I'm just going to dig right into it, I guess, because like right off the bat, we get the introduction of our host and our subject, Tracy, and how they both like gardening. 
poodles, cooking, and of course, their kids. We come from such different backgrounds, yet we do have so much in common, like our love for gardening and poodles and cooking and our kids, of course. Tracy Raquel is in a safe place now, and any pain is well hidden. But her road was a long and difficult one. Right from the beginning, it just felt forced and fake and over the top, which is unfortunate because there probably is an interesting story here, but it wasn't my style. Yeah. Well, you know why it kind of has that TV feel is because, as they say, there's like this companion TV series that's going to be coming out later this year. Why? I will not be watching that, by the way. Why? Why is it like 15 minutes long? <laughs> when they take out all the ads that were in this podcast. <laughs> so how do we know Nancy Glass from another podcast? Remind our audience. Oh, she was in the Kim Goldman, OJ Simpson one. Correct. But Kim um, Goldman and, was the star of that podcast. Yeah, but remember the two of them sort of came to, I don't want to say they came together, but Nancy was a featured, a featured player. Right. And then we, we even had like a, an update where OJ's like current lawyer like wanted to get on the podcast or something. Like they had like this big confrontation on the phone and we loved it. We thought it was pretty good. Yeah, that podcast was good. But it seems like maybe this is her thing. Like her uh, niche is that she befriends an important person, crime victim, whatever, and that it's like she is supposed to be like their advocate while telling their story or something like that. And that's kind of where those two things are in common. And mostly, I mean, she's out of the Glass Entertainment Group, which is primarily... TV shows and things like that. So I, I don't know how they, where they rank uh, the podcasting as far as their priorities here, but you know, what's paying all the bills or the TV stuff. And so I think this maybe a little more than just a double dip. She certainly can sell the ads. You know, it is true. And while I would say we normally wouldn't talk about how many ads are in a podcast, that's literally how podcasts are, are paid for. So like, I don't criticize podcasts for having ads. I would say Toby that like you made a note and I agree with you that the placement of the ads in this podcast is not thoughtful, right? There's like sometimes like a very gruesome, dark scene. And then suddenly like you're listening to an ad for like something completely not dark. Like it's just like very, very sudden and jarring. Yeah. It seems kind of random. I mean, I wasn't that interested that I tried to time and just see if it's like, okay, the closest sentence that ends to 10 minutes, like we'll throw an ad in or whatever, but it seems super unexpected and not in a sort of Kevin Flynn trying to uh, slip in a little segue type way, but in a seemingly in the middle of a thought and then suddenly you have an ad or several ads and then you get back and you pick up where that thought left off and it's, it's just a little strange. There's no reason for that anymore. And I will say that just production wise, if you're going to put markers in, which is how these dynamic insertions work, you can transition into those markers in very, very easy ways. And then you can also transition these markers in such a way where if there aren't any ads there, it still sounds fine, like with little music bumpers and so forth. We hear it all the time. And I don't understand when a podcast with like money behind it doesn't do that. It's jarring, especially when a podcast is as grim as this one is. And this podcast is grim, right, Toby? The subject matter is, especially the first couple episodes when we're hearing just descriptions of child abuse, it's just, it's grim. It's a hard listen, right? Yeah, it's super grim. It's also kind of like the case itself, just on the face of it. Like, I can't believe that two adults didn't look at this case and be like, I don't know if a two-year-old can actually pick a baby and hurl them out of a crib. Like, that just seems unlikely. There's so many problems with this that the grimness... I think I may have just been distracted by all the other parts of this podcast that I didn't connect with. 
that the grimness just seemed like of a piece with all these other sort of objections. Yeah. But like, even if a toddler did pick up a baby and throw it out of a crib, that wasn't something that I would see as an intentional act to like murder their baby brother, you know, like implying some intent to it is the part that I struggle with. Yeah. I mean, it was framed, I guess, as like a horrible accident or whatever. And like, apparently she was surprised when she saw that on the report when she was much younger and she has gone through this long process of trying to clear her name. But the thing that was surprising to me, Laura, and I didn't know anything about this case, was this case has already been adjudicated. And the podcast kind of doesn't set it up that way. No. And that was the whole thing. It was like, for the first time ever, she will be telling her story. And I knew something bad had happened. I was right. It was bad. Her brother died. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. But so it was I mean, not the, the first is, time ever that she had told the story clearly because she has no stand telling the story. The way that I'm when I'm first listening to I'm thinking, oh, it's like they're seeking the truth and she's going to try to turn. I'm like, how long ago was this trial? Like a while ago. Right. Like mid 90s, mid 90s. Yeah. yeah. So this wasn't like new investigation, new information. She got to tell her story. When you get further into the podcast, you find out that, oh, yeah, she had these like people that helped her out when she wanted to find out what was happening. And then, oh, surprise, now there's a court case and there's a mistrial. Oh, there's another trial. So obviously, if there's been all these court appearances, this person has testified in court or they have been discussed in court. So I don't know. I guess I just felt like that was a little bit of a bait and switch in the way that the story was set up. It was like I was called an unreliable narrator. I just didn't like that particular story structure. Well, real bait and switch would be like me giving an answer, but it's really just a business section. Oh, what a transition. Nobody saw that coming. It was so graceful. It was completely unpredictable. Well, you didn't even like do it like a, a like clever, like... Nope. No, you just went right to it. Just all fucking business. So today. what are we talking about in the business section, Kevin? Well, we're talking about what you can get. At patreon.com slash partners in crime media, you can get episodes of Crime Writers on early and ad free. You could have already jumped ahead and know uh, what our thumbs up, thumbs down reviews are of this podcast if you supported us at that level. We got all sorts of great exclusive Big spoiler. Big spoiler. (laughs) All sorts of exclusive podcasts. Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast. We've got Mary with Podcast and also this crazy episode of Laura Bricker's Leave it to Bricker podcast where I guess somebody's been hanging string cheese and cured salty meats being strung from tree branches. I think they're like dollar store jerkies or something that are being hung from trees in Exeter. So we've done a full scale investigation. We have analyzed the hanging method, the type of knots, the type of string. There has been a lot of investigation (laughs) into this. All people in that area have been questioned and you will learn all about it in the next Leave it to Bricker. They're telling their stories for the first time. Oh. Telling their stories for the first time to me, Lara Bricker. It's an investigation. It is. Lars, yes. Lars befriended them over a period of years, and now they're finally opening <laughs> up to her. <laughs> hey, over at our other podcast, uh, These Are Their Stories, we're bringing back a great contest that we've had. It's called These Are Your Stories. Yeah. We're opening it up to our listeners. They can make their case for why they should come on as a guest star on the podcast. Also, we have a new episode just came out yesterday of These Are Their Stories. This is a classic Mothership episode in which Briscoe and Curtis think the woman is lying about being stalked till she turns up dead. He's real. You threw yourself down those stairs, didn't you? He is out there. Please. Look, we really do want to help you, but you got to tell us the truth. The truth is he tried to kill me. I am dead unless you help me. 
See, Rebecca, even Briscoe doesn't believe women. <laughs> Don't talk about our dog that way. Oh, and our dog named Briscoe. Okay. So, all sorts of great stuff. You can also sign up for our free newsletter. It comes out on Thursdays, by the way. Go to crimewriterson.com. Give us your email address, and we promise that we will only spam you occasionally. We're never going to spam you. You're going to get spam is in the eye of the beholder. Is it not? Spam is in the trees in Exeter. It yeah. is not in your email you box. You're going to get Kevin's deep inner thoughts in our newsletter, but you're never going to get spam. Inside the mind Some of people Kevin. say it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Kevin, before we end the business section, I have to ask you a very important question. Yes. Do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Our Patreon patron saints are Jenna Alcaldi and Catherine Thompson. Bless you. Jenna. Catherine, Jenna, I'm sorry if Kevin mispronounced your name. I weighed in on how to pronounce that, by the way. We had so all discussion off there. my fault. Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. Thanks to everybody who supports us there. Thank you to everyone who just listens to this business section and hasn't quite yet been able to make that choice. I entreat you. You're really going to like it if you do, and you won't feel bad. You'll feel good knowing that you're supporting our work. I promise. But you know what? If you decide not to make that choice and just listen to our show anyway, we love you. Thanks so much. Kevin, I'm going to end the business section right now and fade that music out. What do you think? Let's do it. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. So, Kevin, I have a question mm-hmm. yeah, for you. Yeah, sure. I noticed something in this podcast, and I was wondering if you had thoughts about it. Okay. There were a lot of sound effects. Oh, Yes. I thought the sound design was, I mean, a little silly. Typewriter noises and then cars revving. And then they announced the baby's death with the EKG monitor like this. Doctors felt they needed to perform surgery to give him a chance to survive. Kathy signed the paperwork giving permission, but it was of no use. Well, we've talked about this for years in podcasts. Like, this isn't the fucking Lone Ranger. We don't need sound effects <laughs> coconuts and horses we don't need yeah we don't, it doesn't really bring anything it just feels like someone gave the editor some busy work and a sound effects library and like put this in so that it's you, you know like if you want to achieve an effect an emotional effect you can do that with like music 
in a proper way. Or good writing. But good writing. Or a story that's a yeah, emotional you know, fact. You don't need to like, you know, when I'm reading the, have an actor read the report, but also have, you know, typewriter going in the background. I mean, we know then, you know, it was a typewriter. I don't need to hear the footsteps across the carpet. You know, it just. You don't need to hear. She opened the door. Opened the door. You don't need to hear that? I don't need to hear that. So, you know, anyway, that's a longstanding complaint of mine is is that that's unnecessary. And so I just, uh, I had to point it out. Toby, what did you think about Nancy's writing in the podcast and the way that she sort of explained things to us, the listener? Well, she clearly uh, did not have my uh, tastes in mind when she wrote the script. She does a lot of telling us how we're supposed to feel about things, which I think is fairly clear anyway, but it just, she's constantly signaling what we're supposed to think and not really in a way that helps us understand complicated things. Like what? Give me an example. There's a point at which they talk about, I I think the prosecution is saying, you know, why didn't you treat the child's burns? And it's clear from what had happened that they were actually like, they would probably treat it later. But the fact that the child was dying meant that they were dealing with other things. And she says, Matthew's skull had multiple fractures and a brain bleed. Life-saving measures were being taken. It went without saying the priority was to save the child. The prosecution had to hope jurors were sensible enough to understand that. She's just constantly making these kind of snarky comments, like sort of putting forth this like, clearly he was guilty type of thing. When she says it's all in the script anyway, right? Like if you're paying attention, you get the point, but she just feels like she has to hammer it home. I also just kind of thought the way she did interviews was also kind of performative. I was listening to it. I'm like, so this is what Keith Morrison would be like if he was not self-aware, right? Like it makes me like him a little bit more because he's kind of riffing on this kind of bullshit. (laughs) Because it's funny when he does it. But I, I still don't particularly like it but at least i get it i guess a little bit more but when you're not self-aware it's just tough tough sledding well and i think she also kind of like some of the narration was like we were and i I don't know if there's any diplomatic way to say this like we were stupid Yeah. yeah like there was the one point where she was talking like the girl moved in with her aunt in like hud housing which in case you don't know is low income housing and i was like <laughs> who do you think is listening to this have they been living in a bubble right well there was also a lot of editorializing around you talked kevin about using sound effects to evoke emotions a lot of mm. telling us like as toby said how to feel or sort of projecting feelings on other people like tracy lives in this heavily guarded military place it's the one place where she's felt safe in her. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, oh, come on. Like everything is like, Tracy tells me this story about how her father made her eat roaches yeah, on toast. That's fucking horrible. That was horrible. And I'm amazed that she feels embarrassed telling me this story when it happened to her. It's not like, her fault. Of course. Like, okay. But then the thing that's missing, which really like bothered me like just journalistically straight because I know Nancy Glass is actually a journalist right Mm -hmm. that's a fact okay we can like say what we want about like the quality of this podcast but Nancy Glass is in fact an experienced journalist Nancy Glass at one point gets an opportunity to talk to Tracy Raquel's mother and aunt and they both say that Tracy Raquel's lying about some of the shit she's saying right Mm -hmm. and that goes completely ignored (laughs) right the fact that they would just say it didn't happen or whatever, like there's no interrogation of that in any way. 
why include it if you're not going to interrogate it? What is the point of including it? Like, I couldn't stop thinking about their flat denial of the abuse the whole time. And then mm-hmm. she tells us, well, the aunt's unreliable because she has convictions for these mm-hmm. fraud charges. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, then why include her saying it if you're just going to tell us she's a liar? Because it was kind of stark to me that she just, and the mother was saying that she's been harassing me with lies or whatever. And she said the same thing on the witness stand back in the 90s. Why include that stuff if you're just going to discount it by telling us that they're lying? And like, let Tracy tell us that. Don't say it for her. I don't know. Yeah. That, that really stood out to me. So, Laura, there's an awful lot of buildup to things in this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a very, very, very long, suspenseful buildup to the exhumation of, of Matthew's body. And it, it, it goes on for, for many, many minutes. You mean when they dug into the ground? They dug into the ground expecting dust. Instead... They struck gold. Gold? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't. 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 Isn't it horrible that they're describing something really gruesome? No, it's just super cheesy. It's (laughs) super cheesy. So, okay. So, yes. So, I was literally the clip. (laughs) That actually was because I went to the transcription of this podcast and that was literally what it said. I know. I I heard it. I heard it, Laura. Because I heard it. So, yeah. No, there was a lot of buildup. There was a lot of discussion around the exhumation of the little baby's body and like what level of decomposition would be there and like what would they find and what was the weather like and how would they dig him up and they didn't need a hearse because it wasn't a big casket. They could just take a regular vehicle. And then they were like, oh, but I want to back up because there was one interesting thing I did learn in this podcast. And I don't know how I did not know this before was that like anybody can be a coroner. Yeah, I didn't we, know yeah, that. We've heard that I didn't before. know that anybody can be a coroner. Yeah. So, so like, elected a position a lot of place. Yeah. I had no idea. I just always assumed it was kind of like another name for a medical examiner. It's not something I've ever liked. Not everywhere. Not everywhere. So this might explain why Archer Mayer, one of my favorite mystery writers in Vermont, is actually called a death investigator. He is like the coroner in Vermont and he's not like a medical person. Right. But anyway, I thought that was interesting because that did explain when after they exhumed the body, and actually looked at it and saw that there was multiple skull fractures and that clearly this was a baby that had been abused, why that probably was deemed accidental right off the bat by the coroner who wasn't actually trained to look for signs of abuse or anything and was literally just like a person who was like, yep, they're dead or yeah. whatever it was that they did for their job. So, yeah. yeah. Where did this take place again? Oh, it's in Georgia and DeKalb now- County. Yeah. DeKalb County. Georgia. Yes, yes, we know DeKalb County because we hear Steve Kornacki say it yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was because Kevin was on the deep dive when we looked at that uh, thing about the Mississippi coroner system. And yeah. it turns out a lot of them are actually funeral home owners. Right. Which is sort of a strange. It is. If you're, if you're embalming people, it does not make you a doctor. So the one thing that is interesting, and I will mm-hmm. say this podcast didn't do anything with it except tell us like the what happened with this guy was like a serial killer, <laughs> apparently, right? Like, he killed a lot of people, maybe. Yeah, this is fucking crazy, right? This, the thing that people just went along with and just believed was that, like, his girlfriend, was she his girlfriend at the time? Ex-wife. That, that she was pregnant with his baby, and yeah. then she shot herself in the stomach <laughs> where the baby is. Like, that's not... And wrapped herself in a sheet. Wrapped herself in a sheet, shot herself with a shotgun. <laughs> like how, 
And then he's like, "Oh, I'm so I'm so distraught. I'm going to move in with my extra my other girlfriend, who's a Kathy. I, I forget yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, the cop, the off duty cop, that was very much like ear witness. It was it was very peculiar. Um, how he might have fit in with that. They did talk a little bit about maybe he has a connection with the Dixie Mob. That was intriguing. Which is a real thing. The Dixie Mafia is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. I you know I don't know if it's just hindsight, but the whole idea that a, a toddler just picking up an infant and and, and chucking them. Over the set, yeah. You ever you ever try to be an adult and like reach in to pick up your baby in the crib? Like you're stretching some obliques there to make that happen. You know, right. it's, it's. Have you ever wrestled a two year old? They don't put up much <laughs> resistance. They're not very strong. Yeah. But then, but then she actually says in the podcast that she was never trying to exonerate herself. She always knew that she didn't do it. No, yeah, okay. So which is it? Like that's the whole thing. The beginning is like we're trying to find the truth. And then she's like, oh, this was never about exonerating me. I always knew I didn't do it. Yeah. I'd never been charged with anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was the part that was also weird was that she was never like, I was thinking, oh my God, had she been wrongfully accused? I'm like, no, she was never charged. No, she was scapegoated is what she was. Yeah. (laughs) But I was But she didn't believe, but she knew it. Yeah. So you're two years old, you have the right to remain silent. And we're led to believe that it was some like grave injustice that the court declared a mistrial on the absolutely valid grounds that the court declared a mistrial on. Like mm-hmm. someone like who's under an order of sequestration by accident or not breaks that order. Like it is completely fair to declare a mistrial. Like it's not an injustice. It is fair. And it was presented in this podcast as like this horrible, like miscarriage of justice. Was that the episode entitled You Gotta Be Kidding Me? No, that was me? the next one. Okay, that's right, yeah. <laughs> that was a different You Gotta Be Kidding yes. Me. Yes. Yeah, right. Do they talk about like where Jan is? Like, is there any repercussions for him? I can't remember this. He's still in jail. He's just in jail. So it's just He's in like- prison, yeah. For murder. Throwing some more years potentially. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he got married. That was super. You so learned that in Rose the- Blanchard. She got married. Yeah, you learned that in the final episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think the final episode. I mean, they they did a bonus episode for episode one. We need more episodes. <laughs> well, I felt like the the tone of the final episode could have just been a bonus episode because it kind of it didn't really sort of fit the narrative. I mean, I, they're trying to be sort of somewhat of an epilogue to what happened, but I don't know. I just I didn't hate it as much as you guys did. As far as like the holes that you thought, I I wasn't as concerned about a lot of it as you were. I just I felt like it had a lot of the good elements there because it's a really interesting story. But for some reason, it just didn't have the surprise and suspense. Are you giving your you review now? Is that no, what no. you're doing? <laughs> We're not there yet, Kevin. We're not All doing right. what we do. All right. Well, I just I mean I just say I didn't hate it as much as you guys did. That's all I'm gonna say. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Okay, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know you for real. You made me wait all that time. <laughs> Should they check out Burden of Guilt? It's a new podcast. Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Burden of Guilt? Um, thumbs down. No, you should not check out Burden of Guilt. I will not be watching the TV version of Burden of Guilt. Actually, I listened to this all at once. I listened to this all yesterday. I was like cleaning my house and tidying up, listening. And so I was like, I'm focused on this. But I was just like, I kept just cringing. It wasn't my style. It was very heavily cheesed up, I guess, if that's a way to describe something. And there was just a lot of writing in it that, was so over the top that it took me away from wanting to listen to the story because instead I was thinking about how I didn't like the writing. And it's an interesting case. And that's the thing is it's an interesting case. It's an interesting case because I think it's ludicrous that somebody would actually think that a two-year-old would kill an infant and that it was like a deliberate thing, like some sort of horror movie. But unfortunately for me, this was not the avenue to learn about this case. This is a thumbs down. Toby Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down? For burden of guilt. I agree with everything that Laura said, except for her comment that it was an interesting case, because I didn't think it was very interesting either. I don't know what the stakes are here. I honestly don't know why this became a project. I, I don't know what to say. I The story wasn't great. I didn't like the way it was told. I can't believe they're making a second thing about this, because God only knows what that's going to look like. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> thumbs up. No, thumbs down. <laughs> um, I It wasn't for me to begin with, and then it just continued to be even less for me as it went along. Kevin Flynn. Well, as I was saying, I, I didn't hate it as much as you guys did, but I really am taking in a lot of what you're saying there. I mean, we just did something on uh, the Charles Stewart case, the murder in Boston, where we also had the HBO documentary and the podcast and we saw kind of like how those two things played off of one another and sort of the advantages and disadvantages of each i don't know how like providing visuals to this makes the story better it's funny because it seemed to have like all of the elements on paper and for some reason it just didn't sing it just didn't have the suspense and the surprise and the things that were supposed to be dramatic for some reason just didn't feel that way. And I don't know if it's style and the narration, it it did have, you know, it's flaws. I was originally going to go with a thumb sideways, but I can't say this is something I'm going to tell people they need to listen to. So I have to say thumbs down. Yeah. So I'm just going to preface this by saying, like, sometimes we say before we give a podcast a terrible, we feel like we feel bad or whatever. But like Nancy Glass is going to be fine. Like Nancy Glass is a very successful journalist. She's going to be completely fine. And she's made other things that we liked and whatever. This is my least favorite kind of podcast in the world. There's no reason for this podcast to have been made. It's not an investigation. It's not revelatory. This is one of the things that I think of as like a true crime porn type story where we just hear about bad stuff 
And then we hear about more bad stuff. And then we hear about more bad stuff. There are no like real twists or turns because any suspense there is is completely sucked out by like the storytelling style, which, as we said in the review part, tells us how to feel and tells us what's going to happen and tells us how to think about what just happened. And, you know, there's this style to this that super worked in the Kim Goldman podcast where Nancy is super cozy with the main character, we call them characters, but they're real people, obviously, in this story. And that's really detrimental to a lot of types of stories. And this is a great example where it's also really detrimental because it also sucks any sort of suspense or stakes out of something that I really don't feel like has a lot of suspense or stakes to begin with. Um, the premise of the podcast isn't true. <laughs> the uh, that like Like I said, there's just no investigation here this is a done matter and it's just a what happened type story and what happened is really fucking grim so no i am not a thumbs up on this podcast i'm a hard thumbs down and i would not recommend anyone listen to it so yeah big thumbs down for me for burden of guilt and it has a terrible title to boot (laughs) we've covered that (laughs) (laughs) as we talked about in the last after show all right, that's going to do it for us. But before we go, Lara Bricker, I have a question for you. Do we have a cat of the week this week? We have like a cat human combination of the week this week. Is it a cat and a hat? Uh, no, it's a dog called Tammy. Oh. Mm. Who belongs to Bethany Everson Na, one of our loyal listeners in our Facebook group. She's also, by the way, our Reddit co-moderator. Well, she is also my big support system who has been supporting me a lot during my great stove debacle of 2023 and 2024 with my broken stove because she works in the consumer protection field. And we are going to do an upcoming Leave it to Bricker about consumer protection. But in the meantime, it is her birthday next week. And her cute little dog, Tammy, is just adorable. It's a little dog, which are actually the kind of dogs that I like and has a very cute little uh, pink collar on. It's like, what kind of dog is this? That looks like some sort of doodle. German mm. Shepherd. Like maybe like a cockapoo or like yeah, a cavapoo. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. These are the kind of dogs that like me that I don't mind because they're like little cats. Yeah, so, that looks like a cavapoo um, or something. Yeah. So anyway, Tammy and Bethany, cats of the week this week. Aww. You can find those at our, on our uh, this week's Crime Writers on newsletter. Make sure to sign up crimewriterson.com. That's right. All right. That's going to do it for us, Laura Bricker. Folks want to reach out to you on social media to pitch their animals to be pet slash cat slash any kind of animal of the week. How can they find you online? They can find me at Laura Bricker. Of course, you can also email us at crimewriterson at gmail.com if you want to pitch your animal. Toby Ball, folks want to reach out to you online. How can they find you? At Toby Ball and H. What about you, Kevin? I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me anywhere, you can find me at Reb Lavoy. You can also follow the show everywhere at Crime Writers On. But I strenuously encourage you to join our amazing Crime Writers On Facebook group. People say in it that it is the best group on Facebook, and I tend to agree. Just find our regular Facebook page. There's a pin post there about how to join the group. Click that, and we'll let you in if you know literally any one of our four names. Get episodes early and ad-free at patreon.com partners in crime media you'll also get the crime writers on after show married with podcast laura bricker's leave it to bricker podcast and toby ball's deep dive book club podcasts our theme song was composed and performed by ty gibbons our line editor is the wonderful livy burdett 
Executive producer of this program is the finely shod Kevin Flynn. This show was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi Studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement where we also dig for dust and find gold instead. Yeah. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you later. Later. Leave it to Bricker Podcast, where I guess somebody's been hanging string cheese and... Oh, hold on. That's my burner phone. (laughs) Let me turn off the ringer. I'm sorry. All right. Do you need to take the burner phone? Say that line again. All right. Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club Podcast. We have Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker Podcast. And I know this is weird. Sorry, my burner phone went off during our taping and it's it's the jitterbug flip, but it's the lively one for old people. So it's super loud every time it rings. All right, just, Try it so again, Kevin. Lead back in, Kevin. Sorry. Right, sorry. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.